This is 100 Days of Dante, a podcast journey through Dante's divine comedy, one canto at a time. Join us online at 100daysofdante.com. Let's read together. Dante's Purgatorio, Canto 19, opens in the crisp, dark hour of the early morning, just before dawn. Dante and his guide, the poet Virgil, are ascending the mountain of purgatory, making their way to paradise. Dante is on a journey of learning, of preparation necessary for entry into the pure realm of heaven. Now, in this canto, he stands between the ledges of two vices. On the one hand, he is leaving the terrace of sloth, the lack of motivation for seeking good. By calling out examples of sloth and contrasting examples of fervor for good, People are educated, zeal for good reclaimed, and souls made increasingly worthy of heaven. Dante is also, at this moment, on the cusp of the next ledge, the terrace of avarice or greed, the desire for fleeting goods that cannot satisfy. Here, between these two ledges, he is located between two misplaced loves— Sloth, a deficit of love for all that's good, and avarice, an excess of love for the banal, the unworthy. Dante stands between over-restraint and lack of restraint. In this moment of transition, Dante has a second of his three dreams in purgatory. As in all dreams, the message is symbolic rather than linear. Significance is conveyed through images rather than logic. Dante's dream begins with the appearance of a disfigured, stammering woman, sickly and deformed. As he gazes upon her, Dante transforms her from an object of distaste to an object of desire. With his eyes fixed on her, she is enabled to speak, her crooked limbs are straightened, her cheeks gain color. Now that she has voice, she becomes a siren, a mythological creature who holds allure for Dante. Just as the siren tempted Ulysses from his intended path with potentially devastating results, now the siren tempts Dante, threatening to draw him from his ascent. Symbolizing greed, gluttony, and lust, she represents human urges lying ahead that can so easily morph into vices. But wait, just as the siren finishes speaking, A holy lady, aware of the danger the siren presents, appears beside Dante. The holy lady calls on Virgil, asking him who the siren is. Virgil, alerted, rips open the clothing of the siren, exposing the horror of her inner corruption and threat. Dante, seeing and smelling her revolting true nature, is repelled. At this moment, Dante awakens, haunted by the sickening image of temptation he has just witnessed. Unsettled, he follows Virgil. As they walk, now in daylight, Dante hears an otherworldly voice. Come, here is the passage. These words are spoken by an angel whose voice offers comfort. The travelers move on, but still Dante is distracted by the disturbing dream from which he has so recently awakened. What is wrong, Virgil asks. My spirit is troubled by the apparition I've seen, Dante replies. Let that serve as a lesson, to turn from the allure of earthly urges, says Virgil, and to remain focused on what truly matters, on God, on the spiritual and eternal. 
With renewed energy then, Dante moves forward, arriving at the ledge of the fifth vice, avarice. However, his view of avarice is deeply troubling. Ahead, he sees people lying on the ground, weeping. Pausing by one of the souls lying in the dust, face down in sorrow, Dante asks, Who were you on earth, and is there something I can do to help you? I was the Pope, successor to Peter, the rock on whom the church was established, comes the startling reply. I succumbed to avarice. Rather than focus on things of God, my eyes were turned toward the allure of temporal things. The sanctity of papal office was no protection from guilt. Now, as punishment, I am bound to view those earthly goods that are not reachable. At that confession, Dante kneels out of respect for the papal office. However, the Pope tells him to stand. We are all in the end the same, the Pope says. We are all servants of God. There is much to unpack in Dante's dream and his journey between sloth and avarice. This canto offers insight into human nature, theology, and ethics. However, there are also elements of this vision that are troubling. We see the tension between good and evil represented as it has been across centuries by two women. One is holy and wholesome, the other is disfigured, deceptive, and dangerous. While using concrete images to symbolize deeper truths is an effective literary ploy, there are problems with these images. Generalizing from appearance to attributes of character is inaccurate at best and destructive at worst. How often have people wrongly assumed that differences of appearance reveal defects of character or capacity? Further, presentation of evil as a seductive siren too easily casts blame for male decisions on temptation by females. This iconic theme, repeated since the Garden of Eden, has been used to diminish the role and moral status of women across time. Thus, for all the power of Dante's images, we should not receive them uncritically. However, these problems do not negate all that is of meaning here. Let's consider three main themes, human nature, human progress, and human loves. First, what does Dante's Canto 19 reveal about human nature? In his journey through sins, Dante offers a starkly realistic view of human urges. Canto 19, in its position between sloth and avarice, comes at an especially interesting moment. We are vulnerable to deficiencies. We are vulnerable to excesses. We can describe these tendencies theologically, as in sins of omission and commission. We can also describe these inclinations psychologically, as in Freudian drives toward pleasure and toward quiescence. These dual urges, part of human nature, morph easily into vices. Next, Dante's contrast between two women, one representing temptation and the other saintly caution, is a reflection of our own inner conflict. This tension between urges is captured by Plato, Freud, and even Paul. I do not do what I want. And in one last insight into human nature, how interesting it is when, in Dante's dream, the woman on whom he gazes is transformed into an object of desire. We are vulnerable to projecting our longings, idealizing that for which we yearn. All of these important insights into human nature are captured in a single canto, 
We are vulnerable to distortion. We are vulnerable to excess and deficiency. We are all broken, as indicated movingly by the Pope in Dante's poem, we are all in the end the same. Second, what do we learn from Dante about moral progress? Dante's ascent through purgatory is a story of penitence, of learning, and ultimately of hope. Education is key. To know the good, for Dante as for Plato, seems essential to doing the good. However, in Dante's vision, progress is not just a function of rational insight, but of practice. In Aristotelian fashion, the value of habit is also central to purification. Modern psychological science bears witness to the power of practice in shaping behavior and affect. Dante's insight into human improvement is prescient. So far, the Purgatorio's picture of moral progress is practical and hopeful. However, we can't overlook suffering, which also plays a pivotal role. In Canto 19, the image of the Pope lying face down in the dust in sorrow, forced to confront the futility of earthly goods beyond reach, is poignant. Suffering is central to the journey forward. Third, what do we learn about human loves through Dante? Canto 19 speaks to our affections. In sloth, we see the danger of love for good that is too tepid, too half-hearted. Moral clarity requires love for all that is good, especially for God. On the other hand, in avarice, we see the danger of excessive love for things that are fleeting and cannot satisfy. The seduction of power, the allure of pleasures. These objects are temporal and futile. Like Augustine, Dante is pointing to the importance of ordered love, of love for the divine above all else. This is the only realm worthy of our highest devotion. Dante's Canto 19 is rich in meaning. This canto convicts us of all that absorbs our attention, that distracts and disappoints. It is a mirror pointing to our conflicting motives, even in pursuit of good. It is a call to fix our sights on God, to remain clear-eyed about what matters most. Canto 19, despite the picture of human frailty and vulnerability, ends on a hopeful note and with a call to action. Straighten your legs, rise from error, Dante enjoins us. There is light up ahead. Thank you for reading Dante's Divine Comedy with us. Continue the journey at 100daysofdante.com. 100 Days of Dante is brought to you by the Baylor University Honors College with support from the Tory Honors College at Biola University, the Templeton Honors College at Eastern University, the University of Dallas, Whitworth University, and Gonzaga University in Florence.